This Cap Times podcast is brought to you by Exact Sciences Corporation, the makers of Colaguard. Learn more at exactsciences.com. Welcome to On the Cover, a weekly Madsplainers feature. I'm podcast producer Natalie Yar, and each week I sit down with the reporter behind our latest cover story to find out why it matters. Today I'm talking with Cap Times reporter Steve Elbow, whose latest cover story looks at the growing ranks of militia across Wisconsin and across the country, and how they're escalating tensions as Election Day approaches. Welcome to the podcast, Steve. Great to be here. So here in Wisconsin, following the police shooting of Jacob Blake in Kenosha, 17-year-old Kyle Rittenhouse showed up with an assault rifle at a Kenosha protest and subsequently shot three protesters, killing two of them. Where else have we been seeing militia respond violently to protests? Well, I mean, we saw in Albuquerque, there was uh, one protester shot by a militia member when the protesters were trying to remove a statue of a Spanish conquistador. That happened in June. Then in Portland, um, a counter-protester was shot and killed by a protester connected with the Antifa movement. Um, there's been skirmishes, which haven't resulted in gunfire all across the country, Kalamazoo, Portland, California, Detroit, D.C. So, I mean, it's an ongoing thing. Seems to be a little bit of a lull lately. You don't see it in the news the last week or two or some people say that uh, the lead up to the election is just going to probably inflame tensions more and might lead to more incidents. And what kinds of reasons do militia members give for showing up at protests for racial justice? They see themselves as kind of the keepers of law and order, protectors of uh, businesses and property. The backlash to the uh, Black Lives Matter protests that turned um, either violent or destructive. They, these are folks that uh, think that that has to end and, and that uh, they need to be a part of it because law enforcement isn't doing the job. And you note in your story that the militias are growing in Wisconsin and around the country. How did the modern militia movement get started and what kinds of things have sparked a growth in recent years? Um, well, I mean, it started um after Waco in 1993 um, and Ruby Ridge in 1992. Um, in both those cases, uh, government acted rashly, um, took innocent lives. And a guy named John Trockman in, in Montana kind of wrote a blueprint for um, how to start a militia. And it started a movement, a lot of growth at that time, um, but then the Oklahoma City bombing kind of prompted the federal government to clamp down on militias and the whole movement kind of went dormant until 2007 and the announcement of Obama's candidacy sparked a whole new interest in in the movement, um, racially motivated to a large degree. Yeah. And then in, say, the time since the pandemic or looking at, say, this year, are we seeing a, a spike there as well? Oh, yeah. The protests, the pandemic, uh, the mask orders, the stay-at-home orders, all that has uh, kind of hypercharged the militia movement. I mean, in, in many cases, even people not connected with the militia, but who have 
AR-15s or um, other assault weapons or rifles um, to show up. And um, that could be a way that um, that militias are becoming more organized because you know, random people with guns are networking, working with each other, um, and in many cases working with law enforcement. Is there a consistent ideology behind the militias we're seeing today? Well, Daryl Johnston, a former um, terror analyst for uh, Homeland Security, told me that they're still largely community-focused. They they have a defensive posture. They're readying for you know whatever might come and then protect their family and communities. But there's also um, a growing movement of um, people that go way beyond that, such as the Boogaloo Boys, which is a fairly recent phenomenon. And their ideology or their aim is more about inciting violence and a lead up to a second civil war. And you note in the story that a chunk of militia members seem to be veterans. What do we know about what's drawing veterans to join or form militias after their service? Well, veterans, especially people that still, you know, a lot of the Iraq veterans are in their 30s. It's, it's not all that far away from a time perspective that they actually served and saw action. They are used to carrying guns. It's not as outrageous for them to see someone with a gun as it is for like a general member of the public. And they see the unrest in this country as reminiscent of what they saw in Iraq. At least that's what um, Walt Madsen, uh, the guy I interviewed who who, uh, commands a militia up north, he said that a lot of these veterans have PTSD. They're watching with alarm as uh, news coverage of these protests come out and It's sparking enough concern that they want to put a stop to it. This podcast is brought to you by Exact Sciences. Join the Madison-based team working to lead earlier cancer detection. Visit exactsciences.com to view the company's hundreds of open jobs. So one of the major factors behind recent protests for racial justice has been police killings of black people. And in many cases, police shoot because they fear the person has a weapon. And they're sometimes wrong, but we do have a lot of handguns in the U.S., uh, and that seems to make police on edge a lot of the time. But then we see militia members armed with very visible, large assault rifles, and some have remarked that they seem to be treated quite differently. What do we know about how police tend to respond to militia members and interact with them? We know about some high-profile cases. I know locally and and across the nation, many police officials are alarmed at the influx of more guns and at protests. In other cases, highly publicized cases such as Kenosha, police were seen to be actively cooperating with the militias, um, enlisting them to perform a function, buddying around with them, talking with them. So, um, yeah, there's a growing body of evidence that police work with um, militias when they can. And it makes sense in a way because they're a a loosely organized group of armed men, you know, and they uh, their functions are aligned, you know, keeping keeping law and order, um, keeping things under control. And in a lot of cases, 
think it's just easier to work with a, a group of armed people than to confront them. So I, I think that uh, the trend that people are seeing now and this uh, coming out of the news more and more is of uh, a, a general cooperation between law enforcement and militia members. Have we seen instances of police using force against these people or arresting them the ways that we've seen that against, say, the Black Lives Matter protesters? Not much. Not, not much has risen to the level that it really gets on on, on the news. There were two militia members that were arrested stemming from the Kenosha incident. And um, there was a guy, one of the boys, arrested in California for killing two officers. But you don't really see a whole lot about um, militia members being targeted for any kind of clampdown on their enforcement. Yeah. And I know this isn't just right-wingers. What do we know about others taking up arms? Well, the, there's anecdotal evidence that people on the left are more likely than before to, to carry concealed firearms uh, the, the influx of carry firearms. But it seems like there's kind of uh, an arming up going on out there. There is a black militia out of, I think, Atlanta. They have made a number of appearances at protests. The left is, you know, it doesn't have the kind of tactical skills, uh, the kind of military experience generally that you see in the militia. But that might be changing also. Um, that element might, might actually become more prominent in the future. Hmm. And as you mentioned before, we're heading into an election, and this one, due to mail-in voting and possible court challenges, could be undecided for weeks or months. How does the proliferation of military-type forces change what we can expect on or after election night? Well, I mean, all you can there's a threat, obviously, of unrest, of you know, anxiety, paranoia, partisan battles getting sharper. Um, on election day, theoretically, you know, armed people could be standing within a legal limit of a polling place. They, um, we don't know what the presence will be like, but there's most likely going to be some sort of reaction to the election that goes one way or the other. Um, talked to Seth Jones, an analyst with the Center for International and Strategic Studies, and he thinks he's talked with people on the left that are planning, if Trump wins the next election, to react in a potentially violent manner. And what was surprising to you as you did this reporting? I think um, the willingness of militia members, once you contact them, to talk about what their motivations are. Walt Madsen is a public figure. He's a county board member as of spring. And he was more than willing to talk about his militia. Contacted someone else from Waukesha by the militia website, uh, mymilitia.com. And he was willing to do an interview um, through their message service. 
And then another person that I Facebook messaged who's in Dane County uh, was willing to do an interview um, anonymously, but uh, he weighed in a little too late for the story. All right. Anything else, Steve? Uh, No, I can't think of anything. Thank you so much for being on the podcast, Steve. Okay, thank you. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Cap Times reporter Steve Elbow, whose reporting digs into what policies and trends could mean for our city and state. Tune in next week for a conversation about our next cover story. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe to The Mad Splainers on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever else you do your listening, and leave us a review while you're there. Also, be sure to check out our other podcasts, including The Corner Table, all about food and drink in Madison, and Wedge Issues, all about state politics. Until next time, thanks for listening. This podcast has been brought to you by Exact Sciences Corporation, the makers of Colaguard. Once again, be sure to learn more at exactsciences.com.